news, everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Jake Seeley, your host. As always, follow me at All In Kid in case you came in from today's terrific guest. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic already, which is baffling to say the least, especially when you can still get $1 a month for new subscribers to sign up. So check the link, as I always say, but go to my rankings, waivers, adjust the points allowed. Pick an article, $1 a month for your new subscribers. Here to talk fantasy football, get you ready for week six. No Thursday football reminder this week, so you have plenty of time to set those lineups. And today's guest is one of my favorite in the business. Uh, he is at Graham Barfield. Makes it real easy, unlike a lot of people. Uh, and doing a t- look, I don't want to leave anything out, Graham. I, I just say for everybody out there that hears of uh, yards created when you talk about running backs, that's this is this guy. This guy created that, as in created yards created, which is kind of like a tongue twister in itself, but. This is the mind that you have in Graham Barfield, who has at Fantasy Points. But again, Graham, tell him everything because I know it's just don't check me out at Fantasy Points. Like, there's a ton of amazing stuff over there. I can tell you firsthand. Yeah. Hey, Jake. Um, good morning, and uh, thanks for having me back, man. This is uh, I don't know. This is like fourth, fifth time I've been on your show, so uh, it's fun to get back, get back in with you. And by the way, we need to we need to have some Travis Fulgham uh, celebration <laughs> here because yes. uh, when I uh, we originally met at the combine. What the year is? That was the year Fulcrum came out, and I remember he. You, I, I ran into you, and I was like, "Oh my God, Jake!" And uh, you're like, immediately went into some sort of rant about Travis Fulcrum. So I'm excited <laughs> your guy is, is doing things. But um, but no, man, uh, everything's going well. Fantasypoints.com is uh is is doing extremely well. We have just, on, I mean, the site is just unbelievable. It's just blowing my mind. Um, how much great content we have. Uh, it's myself, uh, John Hansen, Joe Dolan, Tom Browley, Scott Barrett. Uh, Greg Cosell, Adam Kaplan, and the main, the main crew, and I mean, we're just, uh, we're just rolling with content. I mean, we're we're covering pretty much every single angle that you want from uh, season-long DFS betting. Uh, our guy Tom Brawley's had a massive year betting, um, but yeah, uh, it's it's been it's been great. Um, Scott and I are doing a, a podcast on Mondays with JM to win from one week season recapping. DFS. We have a, a DFS live stream on Thursdays. Uh, Joe, Tom, and I are uh, covering all the late breaking news and, and start set stuff on Sunday mornings on a live stream. Uh, I'm writing like four articles a week. Pretty much everybody's <laughs> writing four, four articles a week too. So we're right in the thick of things, man. Yeah. And I tell you, like the podcast thing was when I saw you guys announced it too. And like I listened to it, it was like, I, was, I thought to myself, I was like, this feels like a podcast where these guys have been doing it for like 15 years, but they really haven't. Like just, I always envisioned like Scott and you doing a podcast all the time. I don't know why, but it just comes off really well. I enjoy it. You guys are great together. You guys know this. I'm saying this for everybody listening, but Graham and Scott know how much I like them, but this is why I have them on. This is why we're talking to Graham and uh, biggest news that we've hit hit us in a while. 
the Le'Veon Bell situation. Now, obviously, I don't want to talk Le'Veon Bell. Like, where is he going to land? You know, we don't know. We can speculate all we want. We could talk about fits, and it's not going to we'll, – we'll give you the breakdown. I say we, the industry. We'll break it down once it happens. I mean, like, for all intents and purposes, we don't know. He might wait multiple weeks until he gets the thing that he – look at Devontae Freeman. Wait until in the season to get his. But the Jets is what I want to talk about, Graham. I, I, I kind of look at it two ways. So I want to know if you're on the side of the responses I got back were like, I don't want Michael Perrine. I don't, or I don't want anybody in this backfield. Even I am in a 14 team league or you on the side where I said, I'm not thumbing my nose up at any running backs because everybody's always desperate from every given week. And if I'm going to take a shot on somebody, I'm going to take a shot on the guy who has upside over Frank Gore. And that's P Ryan who, you know, maybe he's look, he's not top 20 running back, but I'll shoot for the upside. Which side do you fall on? Yeah, in a deep league, I think you can make a case for, for P. Ryan. Like in a 12-team league that's got super deep bench spots, of course, 14-team league. I mean, we see it every year, and especially this year, that's going to be a total war of attrition. Um, you know, any running back that has a, a floor of 10 to 12, 14 touches is in play. Um, they did sign Ty Johnson, uh, former line running back too, but I, I do think it'll be P. Ryan and Gore splitting all the early down stuff. But frankly, I mean, the only guy I want in my starting lineups every single week is Jamison Crowder. I mean, the dude has like a 30% target share and he's really the only piece of this offense that's doing things. Yeah. So what do you think of as the Jets as a whole? Also, just because we're on them real quick, is it Crowder and nobody else? Or is there any hope here that if Perriman comes back, maybe he's something, maybe he makes, you know, softens up the defense and Chris Herndon because that's really what I want to get to is there any I'll just rephrase the question all together Graham is there any hope for Chris Herndon how about that <laughs> I don't think so man like um you know he's not playing well I mean he's just he's had a couple of just absolutely brutal drops uh the bit that I've seen he's, it looks like he's struggling to get open when he does run routes uh, Adam Gase is kind of using him in this like part-time-ish role where he's only running a route on like 50 to 60 percent of uh, their quarterbacks dropbacks. It's just, it's just been a mess for Hernan, which is unfortunate because he was really good in 2018. Like I thought he was, you know, like one of Sam Darnold's like favorited receivers um, that season. Yeah. And he's just not worked out on Perriman. They, they need a field stretcher. That's like, I mean, it's so stupid that they let Robbie Anderson walk and he's doing what he's doing in Carolina. It's just another, another great example of Adam Gase, you know, teams getting away, uh, players getting away from Adam Gase and doing better on, other teams but um they, they need a field stretcher they need somebody to open things up for for uh for everybody else in this offense and hopefully Perriman can be that guy if you were dying for an NFL contract would you sign with Adam Gase just for the hopes that you get cut and then you resurrect your career by getting cut <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a right it's like a rite of passage at this point like any player that goes to the Jets or, or plays with Gase like you just know a year later you're gonna get better just by getting away from <laughs> it's so ridiculous maybe that's what it is he's a really good teacher it just takes like a year to set in maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Scott Scott called him an elite talent minimizer the other day that's <laughs> just a good one it. I like that. That's, that's really good. All right. So speaking of elite talent, thank you for the segue there. Uh, let's go to Dalvin cook who looks assumably like he's going to miss at least a game just to keep him safe, especially, you know, the time with the bye coming up and all that type of stuff. But Alexander Madison, we know how good Al Ma Alexander Madison can be. We just saw how good Alexander Madison could be. I want to kind of phrase it a little bit differently because everybody knows you're starting him. Everybody knows he's probably going to be in the RB one conversation. That's not telling anybody anything. My question to you is, if you don't have Dalvin Cook and you had Alexander Madison or he was on waivers and you go grab him, do you treat him like Mike Davis and you say, you know what, 
I'm going to get RB1 maybe one, two weeks at the most, but I need that? Or do you immediately try to flip them for whatever you can get because you know it's just a ticking clock? Yeah, it just depends on the roster. Um, I had a couple teams where I uh, I just drafted like one one running back, like Zeke or whatever, um, and I desperately needed a good RB2, and I just spent a, a ton of fab on, on Mike Davis. So, I mean, it, it just comes down to your roster construction. I mean, if you have Madison this week, you're starting him because there's, you know, a clear, clear pathway to top five production. Um, it, you know, if you can find a way to, to get Madison for way above market value for a Dalvin Cook owner who's, um, you know, just struggling to, to find a, a decent replacement, then, you know, that's always, that's always a good path to take too, because these, you know, these handcuffs typically are overvalued anyway. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always a fan of, of trading uh, high-priced um, handcuffs. I will say it does seem like Cook will be back in week seven. They have a uh, yeah. or week eight. Uh, they have a buy in week seven. So hopefully this is just a one-week injury for him. And I know, uh, you know, Cook is his always kind of struggled through injuries last year is the shoulder issue that he can never get right. Uh, so hopefully this is just a one-week thing and they're just being cautious with him. Okay, so I'm going to have a follow-up question, player for player trade, I want to ask you after – I ask you about this next backfield, the Chargers backfield. So they're on a bye this week. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to preface this with a question. Were you a Jackson guy or were you a Kelly guy before the game? So I, I've always thought Justin Jackson was pretty talented. I have him stashed in a bunch of dynasty rosters. And when I saw Joshua Kelly come out, I mean, he's a good inside runner, um, but he, he just kind of profiles as just like just that. I mean, he's just an inside runner. I don't think he's anything particularly special in the past game. Justin Jackson, I'm always, at least for fantasy, I'm always looking for the guy that's, um, you know, the, the better pass catcher. And I've always thought Jackson had some juice in the passing game and Chargers used him in that, you know, that capacity on uh, on Monday night. Yeah. So, all right. With that, even if you were a Kelly guy, the usage, even if it was split, which it wasn't, it was a little bit more Jackson, but more so because towards the end of the game, Kelly saw very few opportunities out there. But if the snaps were even, it feels, in my opinion, and this is why, so I, I had Kelly in front of Jackson in my rankings last week. It wasn't a wide gap, but uh, this is what I was telling everybody, and this isn't a victory lap. It's just like, go get Jackson in case, in case they don't change the offense much, in case Jackson shows his explosiveness, and he's Austin Eckler, and they just keep Joshua Kelly in his role. They didn't initially. It was like 50-50. But the explosiveness, you're talking about more performance, better. It's a one-game sample, Graham, so it's not like we have a ton to go off here. Is it truly, if you had to estimate, in your opinion, going forward until Eckler is back, is this 60-40 Justin Jackson, definitively, he is the better option? I, you know, I think so. Um, just because of the passing down work, um, you know, on Monday night, they, I mean, it wasn't even really close. I mean, Kelly, the snaps were 42-25 to 25 in favor of Jackson. Um, Jackson ran nearly double the routes. Uh, he saw six targets. Um I mean, if Jackson is going to be getting all of, not all of the passing down work, but, you know, the, the hurry up work, the two minute work um, and, you know, getting a few red zone carries, I think Kelly, the, the one thorn that Jackson has is that Kelly will be the red zone back. He's going to be the guy near the goal line most of the time. Um, but for fantasy, like, you know, especially in PPR leagues, we, we want those, you know, those high calorie passing down snaps. And if Jackson is going to be that guy and they're not really going to change Joshua Kelly's role to, you know, being instead of, you know, him, I think everybody just kind of expected him to get a couple more targets with Eckler gone. I, I think they're just going to, uh, I think they're going to play Jackson in this, this kind of Eckler ish role. And, 
and uh, keep Kelly in his, his same role where he's only, you know, limited to 25, 30 snaps a game and, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 carries, depending on the game script. Yeah, I like that you also emphasized most of the time for Kelly because I thought it was really interesting that Jackson was in on a third and one late in that game too to not, you know, change up the offense and kind of keep them off their heels. And then the funny thing was that Kelly comes in on first down. So oh, I just got to say the Chargers, the Chargers have been really frustrating. Um, just like <laughs> Justin Herbert is playing out of his freaking mind. He's playing so much better. And I love Joe Burrow coming out. I had Burrow just as the clear cut QB one, but I think Herbert's playing better than Burrow right now. And, and, you know, he's got a maybe slightly better offensive line, maybe, you know, slightly better supporting cast because the, the ghost of AJ green is not doing Joe Burrow any favors right now. But um, the point is, is like the chargers are just so run heavy. Like they're just so run heavy on early downs and it makes no sense. Like they've got to be a little more balanced. And I just think it goes back to Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen. I mean, these guys are just, just kind of old school guys. And I mean, both Kelly and Jackson are, are going to get plenty of opportunity because this team is just, kind of stuck in the stone ages and the way they treat their running backs i actually wa- wanted to make sure that kevin gilbride didn't secretly get hired over there and i, didn- I missed that <laughs> i was expecting <laughs> run pass on second and nine run on third and eight a hey man draw up the middle <laughs> that's the old ken wisenhunt days <laughs> oh god yeah see all right so here's the trade i was going to ask you about because madison might only be one week if you have madison do you flip him for joshua kelly even though joshua kelly is the backside of that mm. I don't think so. I think I'd, I'd stick with Madison on that side. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's kind of why I wanted to bring that up. All right. So as you saw, and you mentioned his name already is Travis Fulgham. And like, look, <laughs> I, like even my love aside, I can still be, you know, analytical in my approach. And I brought this up. So I want to get, this is going to be Fulgham versus Claypool. And I want to get your opinion because I don't, I want to make sure I'm not clouded possibly. Maybe I just, you know, have a little bit of the rose colored glasses tint on and, you know, from ODU, but this is what I keep saying. And this is why if I'm doing waivers, I'm actually throwing out about the same bid on both of them because I have a feeling Claypool is going to go for more and I'll happily get Fulgham. And if you told me in a straight waiver order, I would actually take Fulgham, and here's why, Graham. And you might agree and you might disagree, and this is good to bounce it off of you, is what I said in the waiver column is, what happens with the Eagles if Jeffrey comes back? Is he anything? If Deshaun Jackson comes back, he wasn't anything while he was the number one. Whenever Rager comes back, I say all these things, whatever it might be, Fulgham's still the number two, potentially still even the number one, because as of today, he's the number one, because Greg Ward gets kicked to number three, and then you know off the field, on the field, three wide sets, slot, all that type of stuff. Fulgham, in my opinion, worst case, is number two. Claypool, in my opinion, worst case, is number three, because if Deontay Johnson's healthy, now we're looking at the Cowboys, where three great options, but somebody's getting left out. If you told me no Deontay Johnson, the easy choice is Claypool, but are you in agreement with me, or do you think that Claypool's done so much that he might be the number two and Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson are just going to rotate the other option. Well, f- first and foremost, the Steelers have some sort of like wide receiver algorithm that like nobody <laughs> else, nobody else uh, has, man. Like they, they just don't miss on receivers. I think you, I think you're right. I think it's Fulgham slight edge to him. Uh, Greg Ward is slot only. So when Alshon and DJX do come back, if they come back and if Alshon is anything, cause the guy hasn't played in so long, um, yeah, Fulgham will, will, will remain on the outside. I think Chase Claypool is going to take James Washington's job this week. Like, if, yeah. if it hasn't happened already, I mean, Claypool's snaps have increased in the last two games. They're way up again this week. Um, he's pretty clearly going to be on the field almost every single snap. Juju in the slot. And then Johnson. 
out wide. The only thing about the Steelers, they just have so many options in this passing game, and they're not as pass heavy as they once were when Big Ben was, you know, back in his prime. So we're not getting the 45 attempt Big Ben. We're now getting like whatever it is, like 35, 38 attempts. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, a, a lot of the Steelers receivers are all kind of in the same target pool, right? Like you expect six to, you know, eight per game. And uh, the Eagles have been trailing a ton. And I mean, Fulgham uh, is probably in the same target range too, but I think you're right in the sense that like, you know, he just has way less target competition. And for what it's worth, Zach Ertz, man, I, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Like uh, our guy, Greg Cosell at Fantasy Points, he he mentioned after watching the 49ers game where, where Ertz had four catches for nine yards, you know, 49ers are really good tight end defense. Typically Quan Alexander is amazing against tight ends. Uh, but he said, Cosell said they weren't doing anything in particular to slow down Ertz. He just wasn't getting open. And then this past week, I watched a lot of that game. Ertz was not open. Like he's just, he's not getting open like he normally does. I mean, he's amazing against zone coverage. And um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, just a comedy of errors for, for the Eagles right now. I mean, they, they desperately need somebody over the middle of the field to get open. And that usually is Ertz. And, you know, right now it's, it's not him. I, I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or if it's just, you know, age is caught up with him and, and all that. But um, yeah, Fulgham, Fulgham, man, he looks like the real deal for sure. And the targets should be there. Yeah. I, I love to see it. I'm with you on Ertz going into that game. I was saying, you know, you watch and you see him getting bracketed, the safety's pulling down on top of him. but you mentioned it is they kind of just let the 49ers do it. And you brought up a very good point is that they have the talent to just kind of take care of the tight end. But on the flip side, you'd something's off something. I don't know that Goddard's coming back and is going to fix everything. And, or if another wide receiver does get healthy, it's going to fix everything and pull defenses off of him because it only took one guy to stop him. So I'm with you. I'd still try to buy low on Ertz, but it's not like a, an obvious buy low, like where, you know, Julio Jones, like we know what Julio Jones can be when healthy. I don't think it's the same Ertz. Something, I agree with you. Something is wrong there, and I don't know what it is. Maybe a masking an injury. So speaking of injury, uh, unfortunately, Dak Prescott, you know, goes down. We all know that. Hopefully you didn't see the video. And please don't go watch it if you did, uh, if you want to lose your lunch. Uh, but Andy Dalton is now in at quarterback. We've seen Andy Dalton finish top 10. And fantasy. I don't think anybody has questions about Andy Dalton and that fact that he can be top 15, especially with how terrible that defense is. The question I have for you, and I'm not saying like for everybody out there listening right now, I am assuming you feel what I'm about to say, Graham, like I don't think either of us are saying this is exactly 100% what's going to happen. We 100% guarantee it because it's already been a mess with these three wide receivers. Cooper's been the only consistent one until last week against the Giants. So I say Dalton, he comes in, he targets them all the same. Everybody has this fresh memory in their mind that he thinks that he went after Gallup a ton. It's not, he just did on that last drive. He targeted him almost exactly, I think it was three, three and three when he came in. Is there anything about Dalton's arm, Dalton's play that points you to one of the three wide receivers more than the rest? Or are you just going to say, look, we're going to have to wait and see. As unfortunate as that is, we don't have the answer. So I think, I think off the bat, we know it is not going to be Michael Gallup. Um, the Cowboys <laughs> offensive line has been struggling really badly. Um, I think no Tyron Smith has been huge for them. And, and the way Gallup is running his routes, like just super deep downfield, um, I think we know it's probably not going to be Gallup. Um, my biggest question here, Jake, is like, are the Cowboys going to remain this pass heavy? I mean, not only have they been trailing a ton because their defense sucks, they are like passing on early downs pretty much like more than any team in the NFL. I mean, they're the second most pass heavy team when the game has been within a score. So when their games have been close, they've been, you know, incredibly pass heavy. 
And they're the most pass heavy team on first and second downs. I, I don't know if that's going to continue with, with Dalton back there. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Prescott is throwing it literally 50 times per game. I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if McCarthy and, and Kellen Moore are going to want to keep doing that. Um, I, I think Cooper is, is, I don't know. Cooper and Lamb is really close because, I mean, we have seen in the past Andy Dalton have, you know, support AJ Green to, you know, wide, wide receiver one seasons. Tyler Boyd was a top 25 guy, uh, you know, 2018, 2019. Lamb, man, Lamb is getting free releases out of the slot and he's just getting wide ass open. I mean, he's just one of the, <laughs> he's just such a, he's such a premier, premier talent. I, I actually think this might be a good thing for Lamb uh, just because Dalton, Dalton has always been one to throw towards the middle of the field more and, uh, not really aggressively push the ball downfield like Prescott has been doing this year. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's a really huge deal for Lamb and Cooper. And I think um, for Gallup, it's it's just going to be you know he's going to be a spike week wide receiver three. Um, yeah. Do you think you think Dalton's going to be a top? I, I don't know. Just with this offense and the way they're playing, I think there's a clear path for Dalton to be like a top, almost top eight, but. Board, you know, easy QB one, but I mean, I think he could push top eight numbers. Am, am I crazy for that? I don't think you're crazy. My hesitancy with putting him that high, like I would guarantee top 15. I would feel strongly about calling him a QB one and I see the upside for it. I don't disagree with you at all. My hesitancy is twofold is one is that he does still throw or has in his career, thrown a decent amount of interceptions, yeah. a little bit reckless. The arm's not as good as Dak. And then, of course, it's the rushing of everybody around him. Like, for let me ask you, I've been, I, I've been campaigning, campaigning, campaigning last year. I've been campaigning this year, and people still don't want to get on the board. He has 20 points in four out of five games, one bad game. Can you guess who I'm talking about yet for quarterbacks? He runs. Fitzpatrick? No. Well, like, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Like, yeah. I don't know why people do not want to get on board with Gardner Minshew. I can't put my finger on it because everybody loves him for the fun and the flair and all that type of stuff. But in fantasy, people are still like, oh, should I play Minshew? 20 points, four to five games, people. So I bring him up to say, because he runs a little bit more, I think going forward, I'd still take Minshew over Dalton. But I don't disagree in seeing that. I could see Dalton's path to a top eight performance. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on Minshew. That guy has just been, he's been underrated. You know, Jake, if you were a first round pick, People, if you were first or second round pick, frankly, people would have been, I mean. Oh, here. Perfect. The, the, I'm so glad uh, you said that. Wait, the Paris would have been effusive. If he was drafted where Daniel Jones was and Daniel Jones was, dro- yes. was drafted where Minshew was, guess who wouldn't be playing right now? Yeah, exactly. You're so, 100% right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the, the I don't know, Minshew has definitely played significantly better than uh than people are giving him credit for even coming out of last year. Like I did some, some looking into his numbers. I mean, his, I mean, he's top 15. If you look back at all the rookie quarterbacks, he's top 15 in all the numbers that you want in terms of like completion rate and yards per attempt, all that stuff. I mean, he's certainly been underrated and he runs too. Like you said, I mean, he, yeah. it's not like he's, it's not like he's just a statue back there like Dalton. No, he's like, it's the good version of Blake Bortles because he also doesn't throw interceptions. So it's like, what, what don't you like about him? So here's a oh, perfect segue. Thank you, Graham. Again, this is like three good segues you've given me is what don't people like about DJ Chark? And I'm just going to tell you straight from my comments, Graham, like I'm baffled by this is DJ Chark after week two, people were like, ah, he's kind of frustrating. I don't know what to do with him. Meanwhile, 10 points in week one. 10.4 in week two. He has the touchdown in week one to get him to 10. He doesn't have the touchdown, but he has the yards in week two. Then he comes out 
and scores 25. He has the injury, comes back. He has a very – yes, only three receptions for 16 yards, was off to a slow start before getting hurt in that game. But, Graham, the comments are, do I get rid of DJ Chark? Should I bench him? Should I swap him out for Chase Claypool? Like, what am I missing that people hate DJ Chark? I think, I think it's just been the, the, the injuries so far. Um, this week three, obviously, with the chest and back stuff, um, you know, LaVisca Chenault has been uh, a pretty big part of their passing offense, too. Um, if Chark can get right, though, this, the next couple games are amazing. I mean, they get the Lions here this week, uh, Chargers in week seven. I'm not really too concerned about the Chargers secondary anymore. Then they play the Texans after their bye. Uh, and the Texans have just been getting, you know, gassed by everybody. If Chark can get right, man, like he is an amazing buy low is, you know, a, you know, big spike week wide receiver too, uh, because the Jags are throwing a ton. I mean, they're just, they're just getting shellacked. I mean, they have no other options because their defense is so bad, but Menchie's throwing it over 40 times in four straight games. Even if DJ Chark isn't getting the same, like 25%, 25% target share that he got last year, uh, the path for him to get six, seven, eight, nine targets is pretty simple in this, uh, in this offense. Yeah, and speaking, to go back to that schedule too, so after Houston, it's at Green Bay. So Jerry Alexander does deserve credit. Like, actually, people need to pay attention to how good he's been playing. But after that, Pittsburgh getting destroyed by big plays. Cleveland after that, at Minnesota. You know, maybe Minnesota's is slowly starting to turn the corner now, and maybe by that point we're a little bit more concerned about Minnesota. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you on the schedule. Of course, the weeks 15 to 16 don't look beautiful as of right now at Baltimore and then Chicago. But – you know, again, I'm not playing that far out because things can change so much in season. So, speaking of changing, uh, I did this segment in my waiver column. I, a brand new segment this week, Graham. It's called Unbreak My Heart. Tony Braxton, going back into the day. And it's <laughs> it's people basically, and it's mostly wide receivers because they're more expungible, um, if I even use that word correctly. But basically saying, if you dropped them, if you're mad, if you got frustrated, has has your heart healed? Have you forgiven them? And I gave him a certain amount of hearts out of five. So I want to know how many hearts out of five you would give these three receivers. They are the same three that I included in my waiver column. And let's start with the one that had the biggest game, Brandon Cooks. He had an 0 for the week before, despite being out there for, what was it, 96, 97% of the dropbacks. And then comes back with a huge game. People dropped them. People were annoyed. People were frustrated. It was his first good game of the season. How many hearts out of five has Brandon Cooks healed for you? I'm going to, I'm going to go full, like four out of five. I had, wow. I had cooks. Yeah. I had cooks in DFS in the, the week he donutted it. And then I actually went back to him this past week. Maybe I'm just holding on to that, but I, I don't know. The Texans finally did some good things. Yes. Uh, against Jacksonville, like they threw deep more often. They use play action to their advantage more often. I actually, I think the Texans might be opening this thing up, man. Like, and they had a really it's, tough, they're really like tough. They got rid scratch. of an idiotic coach or something. I mean, weird. What, what, <laughs> yeah. weird how that works. They have a really, uh, they had a really op- uh, tough opening stretch, and their schedule is about to open up too. So I, I think, I think there's a chance that Cooks ends up being like the, you know, the fun wide receiver three that we all thought he would be. But Fuller is, dude, Fuller is the truth. That guy's so good. Okay, all right, I give him three, so I'm not that far behind you. All right, next one up on the list, Christian Kirk. Uh, dropped weeks ago and then continually dropped and continually dropped and continually dropped because it was DeAndre Hopkins and nobody else. Actually, it was DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds was the number two wide receiver, quote-unquote. Christian Kirk, two decent games in a row now. Uh, The stat I threw out, 54 routes run, third in the team, 18.2 target share tied with Chase Edmonds for the past two games. Christian Kirk, how many hearts does he have back for you? I'm going to go with two. 
Um, ah, that's what I picked. Yeah. 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 I'm, a, I'm only going with two just because this offense is just DeAndre Hopkins right now. Um, I mean, it's Hopkins and Murray scrambling. Their next two games are great, though. I mean, they get the, the Cowboys in Seattle. So uh, maybe we'll look stupid and Kirk will have a couple more decent games. But, uh, but yeah, it, I think we've all been wanting a lot more from Christian Kirk over the last couple of years. And it's just been so inconsistent. And frankly, he's only had like one or two big games. Um, you know, he had the huge game against the Bucks huge. last year. And that was about it. And this year we're, we're still waiting. Okay. Last one. So Preston Williams going into last week, the two weeks prior, 7.7% of the targets. Everybody's like, ooh, Isaiah Ford might be the guy. This whole offense doesn't lend itself well to Preston Williams. Comes out in week five, tie with Miles Gaskin for only 18.5% behind Mike Gesicki. Devontae Parker gets checked out at 11.1. Now, Jason Verrett overlooked a little bit. Mike Clay tweeted this out and said he's been playing really good for people who forgot about him, somebody who's been dealing with injuries in his career. Locked up Parker basically locked up the entire team because even Williams had one target for zero against him. And Jakeem Grant had two targets for one reception of six yards going against Jason Verrett. I spell all that out to wanting to know if that's part of your factor and how many hearts you're going to give him, because I think you can tell that I'm not giving him Preston Williams a whole lot of my hearts. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with like two here. Um, I went one. Yeah, I could go one, too. It's just they have – I mean, the, the Dolphins, it's it's Parker, and then they're just rotating everybody. I mean, Williams last year – it was just Williams and Parker last year. Uh, this year they've got, you know, Kasicki. I mean, Miles Gaskin has been, uh, like, consistently used in the passing game. Um, I just don't think there's a path for, for Williams to have much weekly relevance. But, I mean, it was obviously good to see, you know, the ceiling once again because, you know, before he tore his ACL last year, I mean, Williams was the – I mean, basically the co-wide receiver one on that team with Parker. All right. All right. So before we get out of here, I have one little quick game I want to play with you because the game is going to make you guess things, but then there's a relevant question behind them. So it's three different things. I'm going to do a rushing receiver and then a defense. So the first question I have for you and see how many you can get, I'm going to give you, do you want one strikes or two strikes? Do you want to get two strikes? I'll, I'll do that. Two strikes. Give me two strikes. Come on. Give me, give me a chance to redeem myself. (laughs) So the top five, this is the past two weeks. All of these are past two weeks because you know, you could do full season, but past two weeks, you try to find some trends and small sample, but we try to find trends. That's what we're trying to do. So the past two weeks, the top five running backs and broken tackle percentage, you have to have at least 10 rushing attempts. Top five. Okay. Um, I'll go cream hunt. Nope. (laughs) One strike already. He's 35th. Oh, Jesus. That's bad. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now you're going to hesitate. <laughs> yeah. Josh Jacobs? <laughs> nope. You two strikes real quick. Uh, Josh Jacobs is 38th. Oh, my God. I'll give you a third strike. This, yeah, this is especially because I'm not even giving you options here. <sighs> mm. <laughs> this is fun. Antonio Gibson? No. Uh, Antonio Gibson... Where is that? I'm going to have to control F Antonio Gibson. Holy crap. Oh, Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's actually a decent guess. He's eighth. 15.2. Oh. There's a decent one. All right. So I'll give you, how about a toss up? How about, who do you think has the higher number? Antonio Gibson or Aaron Jones? Oh, Aaron Jones has the higher number. Okay. I'm not trying to trick you on that one. Aaron Jones yeah. is number three. At thir- <laughs> Aaron Jones is number three at 30%. Uh, so number one, Todd Gurley. 34. What? Yes. The last two games, 
34.3% broken tackle percentage. Mind, mind you, there's only three running backs that are even over 22%, and all three of these are 30% plus. Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley. Number two, I'll give you a giant hit on this one. He's getting the enormous workload that the player he replaced is getting. I'm drawing blanks, honestly. Mike Davis. Oh, God, yeah, 30, Mike Davis. Yeah, 30.4. You want to guess? You're never going to – number five? Love you, Mel. Oh, well, thank God they just cut him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So this is where – I don't want to go to Levy and Bell. This is what I want to come back to. The Todd Gurley, and that's why I set this up. Is Todd Gurley back? Quite, like, quote, unquote, is he back? And I, obviously he's not back to top five. But is he back to maybe he's not a sell high? I mean, the touchdowns have been there. You know, that was, that was what, you know, the, I wasn't drafting him. But, you know, anybody that was hanging their hat on him, that's what they're drafting for is, is, you know, the short layup touchdowns. I do wonder if a lot of those broken tackles came this past week against the Panthers because they are just atro- their run defense is just atrocious. Um, and yeah, I I he I had I didn't watch every single one of his carries, but he did have a few uh, open field misses. But I I don't know. Gurley has not been Gurley has not had the agility that we saw early in his career. And you know, he, it was good to see him get a couple dump offs this past week, but the passing down work really hasn't been there. I mean. He's going to end up, if he stays healthy, he's going to end up being a top 18 running back. I mean, that's what you draft him as. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, like you said, the biggest concern is the passing game work. All right, so speaking of passing, let's jump over to the receivers. So there's five receivers that are at 3.5 yards per route run over the past two weeks. The easy ones are Claypool and Fulgham. We already talked about them. Uh, last week alone is just inflating them insanely. Uh, so what I want to look at here is not those two. Uh, it's actually somebody that doesn't belong, quote unquote, in this range, and then another wide receiver. So number three, I'll give you a hint. You already said his name at running back. I said his name at running back. Yes. Hmm. Now I'm now I'm especially overthinking it. Uh, it was your second guess, third guess. He has the same first name as a guy who doesn't play in the NFL anymore because he's crazy, but one of the best wide receivers ever. <laughs> I'm really drawing blanks, dude. <laughs> Antonio Gibson. Oh. Anto- oh, God. Antonio Gibson's third over the past two weeks. 3.9 yards well, per route run. It's only because he's not running any routes. J.D. McKissick's <laughs> taking all the routes, dude. I mean, nine receptions for 106 yards, though. So I, we're coming back to Gibson. I'm glad you said that. Number four, uh, let's see. I'll give you three strikes. To, I'll give you hints. I'll give you easier hints as we go along. Uh, he's been in the, this was kind of vague. He's been in the league for a while. In the league for a while. Mike Williams? Maybe? No, no, huh? not Mike Rob, Williams. Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson's number five. Hey. Wow. Well done. Uh, right. But number four, older than Robbie Anderson, uh, plays for a better team than Robbie Anderson. Oh, that's super helpful. In the uh, same division. Oh, I should know this. Calvin Ridley? No, he's not older than no. Robbie Anderson. He might actually be older than Robbie Anderson. <laughs> um, he's not. Uh, here, I'll give you the last one. Emmanuel uh, Sanders? There you go. You didn't hey. the last hint. There so, Emmanuel Sanders, so this is, that's the one I wanted to ask you about. Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas back, is his value destroyed, or has Emmanuel yeah. Sanders finally developed with the Saints to where he's relevant? Yeah, it's, yeah. If Michael Th- when Michael Thomas comes back, it's over. We're going to see Thomas with the, the huge target share and Sanders will, Sanders will go back to getting like four or five looks per game. Um, I don't know. It was, it was, it was weird. Like 
it was weird to not see him. I mean, maybe it was just the lack of an off season and, you know, maybe we'll see a, a little bit more involvement when Thomas comes back, but like, it's definitely good to see him, uh, him balling out again. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is one of my favorite receivers uh, in, in recent memory. Dude just gets open at will. Um, and yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I missed out on uh, having him in, in showdown this past week. That was, that was a bad mistake. So did I, 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 went, I, I had the right call but it just didn't come to a, the fruition. It was $200 for Benny Fowler. He got the targets. It he just, played it. He played a bunch too. I know. I, I went with the narrative. I went the fact that Drew Brees campan- campaigned to get him on the active roster and two weeks ago, and I was like, hey, look, you know, maybe he sees some work. And he did. He just didn't produce on the work. All right, so the last question is about defenses over the past two weeks. This team, I just want to talk about the number one team. This team ranks first in most yards before contact allowed at 5.25. By the way, second is 3.64. That's how ridiculous that number is. They average the most air yards average given up, 27.2, two yards next to the closest Detroit Lions. And by completion as well, 10.1, the next closest is the Vikings at 8.5. Do you know what team ranks number one in all three categories? Is it Houston? It is not Houston. Jacksonville? It is not Jacksonville. You got one more guess. Jacksonville is number five in two Hmm. of them. One more. And air yards, too. That's a tough Here's a giant hint. We think their defense is really good. Or I should say oh, people. The Saints. No. Oh, Number four, it. though. The Steelers. Ooh, really? Getting destroyed deep and also getting destroyed by Travis Fulgham. Uh, Steelers <laughs> defense. Is, is it not fearsome? Is this just a two-week blip? Uh, Miles Sanders is a large part of that. Travis Fulgham's a large part of that. But for the past two games in general, uh, you know, they didn't have their bye. So this outlier is the one game but you include the week before the bye, and they're still inside the top six for all of these. Is the Steelers' defense just maybe not as good as we assumed? Yeah, they, they've struggled on the outside a little bit, uh, giving up big plays, like you said, to receivers, even before the Fulgham game. Um, they just weren't. They just have not been as good as, uh, as advertised on the boundaries. I think their corners are overrated, but that front seven is, is really good. I think they'll, they'll get it figured out eventually. Um, I mean, I think this just speaks to a larger point, though, Jake, is like there's like three or four good defenses in the NFL now. It's it's kind of sad. Yeah, I think it is. And it always kind of gets overrated a little bit in myself for matchups. And I do APA, adjusted points allowed, and it's still like, hey, break ties, tough decisions, but don't go crazy. Um, but this, yeah, this I expect it to be this crazy. I will say that. I will bet that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not been a good look for defenses this year. There, a lot of them are just getting completely stomped. 100%. But – Speaking of getting stomped, there's my last wonderful transition from you for the day. If you want to stomp your league, Mason, you see what I did there? Uh, well at done. Fancy Points, at Graham Barfield. Tell them once again, tell them everywhere they can find you, every the stuff they should be listening to, everything. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we have a pretty much a live stream almost every day at FantasyPoints.com. Our premium subscribers can check those out. Uh, we've got like waiver wire. Uh, waiver wire live stream to help you out with that start sit live stream like i said on sundays got a dfs show with myself and scott and john proctor on thursdays uh yeah i mean just we're 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 rolling man like we've got uh, at least five articles pretty much every single day for you to check out and we uh we're running a little discount right now so you can get 10 percent off with a promo code of barfield 10 so you can get 10 percent off your fantasy points subscription that way and uh save a little bit of your bucks save a few of your bucks uh, always appreciate Graham make sure you're checking out everything over there and give him a good follow one of the great minds in the business and uh, I'll be back again next week hopefully no more Tuesday games but yeah, we'll, we'll see appreciate you guys have a good